Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. Well, we live in a very fast-moving world, and really in that fast-moving world, some people call it VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. Businesses have constantly got to look for innovation to keep up with Joneses, as it were, but also to um, embrace you know, opportunities that are coming thick and fast through um, this fast-changing world, as well as, of course, dodging all the challenges. Um, a few months ago, we had on the show a couple of guys from Whitecap, Consulting, which is a um, a multi-regional strategy consultancy working throughout the UK, with its head office in Leeds, and I'm delighted to welcome back two of their members of staff: Lal Tawney, who is a director, and Faluso Laguda, who is a strategy and innovation consultant with Whitecap. And um, we're going to talk about a project that they're working on um, for innovation ecosystem mapping, which uh, we'll come on to that in a second. But let's welcome the two gentlemen, Lal Faluso. Welcome. To the show. We had the event in June, I think it was, um, Innovation at the University. Um, any reflections since then in terms of innovation in this county? Lau? Um, I think the, 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 uh, the focus really has got to be now on um, innovation in the UK, actually. Um, the UK government's announced uh, a UK innovation strategy, and it's really interesting to see that they want the UK to be a global hub for innovation by 2035. So they are now focusing strongly on innovation. If you kind of take that as a big ambition, which is brilliant, and, and I really support that, that big ambition they've got, you've got to boil that down to regional focuses. So each region has got to start to really build its innovation strategy and really think about what does innovation mean at a regional level. And I think that's where... Uh, Northamptonshire specifically, who we're talking about today, uh, really needs to think about, you know, what that means for the region. Um, and I think the thing that we've all reflected on together, Adrian, is that, you know, Northamptonshire is, is uh, it's, it's brilliant in the number of startups it has. Um, it's one of the, the leading counties in the UK for, for startups. But in terms of scale-ups, I think we've described it as a cold spot. It's one of those areas where massive amount of um massive amount of startups but they're just not making it through that that level of scale up so i'd say you know if that's the problem we're trying to solve with the innovation lens that that is where we're trying to trying to make sure that we can support northampton going forward well that sounds so important as we hopefully build back better from the pandemic and of course with the two new um unitary authorities that are in the county um so you know they one for west and one for north um you have put a, together a proposal for an innovation ecosystem mapping what exactly is that now so that's um a piece of work and, and let me let me uh let me try and explain the piece of work uh it's 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 a it's a it's an analysis of um northamptonshire as a county to 
to, to map the current types of firms you have in Northamptonshire the, and understand the innovation capabilities, importantly by sector, because we know Northamptonshire's got high performing tech, we know it's got food and drink manufacturing, we know it's got logistics. So understanding the innovation capabilities and the practices within each of those sectors. And then once we understand what we've got in Northamptonshire, we can then start to engage with um, key stakeholders around Northamptonshire to sort of understand their thoughts about innovation within the county. And actually, how do you, how can Northamptonshire become more innovative? What does it need in terms of, um, uh, for example, accelerators or support for innovation? But also, how do these, these, these industries that you've got, how do they cross fertilize? How does the food and drink sector, for example, start working with the high performance tech sector? So it gives us that kind of real understanding of, of um, the set the, the the county today and it gives us a view of what the key stakeholders suggest uh, innovation needs to take it forward to support this overall uk strategy and it also moves it forward to um sort of saying this is what we need to do in northamptonshire to to really um step up around innovation well i think that's uh, that's very well put i think we'll come back to perhaps not only what businesses can do but uh, the infrastructure or the context in which they are operating that is you know that gives them as you say cross fertilization but Faluso, from the um event in um in june what are your reflections because i know that you you know there's a little bit of audience consultation you're working on a paper that will be published very shortly uh, just as a sort of summary of the event but what were your main reflections yes it, i thought the event was was really helpful we we um a, a kind of allowing us to bring forward some of the um, key um, insights into what makes a successful company at um, innovating. Uh, and I think a key element of that was around the culture of innovation. And we had two case studies of two local Northamptonshire businesses, Medigold and Parlite. And each of these companies actually um, gave us some insights into some recent innovations. One, uh, which was from Medigold, talking about um, how the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic had actually led to a number of new types of propositions that they've developed. Um, and from Parlite, uh, Parlite, uh, a company that uses uh, distinctive different materials uh, over and above the traditional wood-based materials in terms of parlite construction, which was, which was quite interesting. So both of them had different perspectives in terms of um, uh, kind of what led to their um, innovation um, uh, uh, development uh, programs. But what was central about them was um, about the, some core pillars around the culture of the innovation. And we went through this in terms of um, five key pillars, actually. One which was around um, the nature of being inquisitive. So questioning existing norms came out um, across both companies. Um, they were also heavily customer orientated in terms of, you know, trying to get a good handle on the uh, jobs to be done really trying to focus on their key stakeholders, their customers, in terms of understanding um, their problems um, and actually looking at different ways of, you know, of how those, those um, challenges could be, could be solved and what the propositions could look like. 
Um, what was very evident in both of these companies was the sense of collaboration um, that they were able to bring together, both in terms of their internal functions, um, but also in terms of how they collaborated externally uh, with, with partners. That was a, a big part of uh, both of their, um, their, their capabilities that they were developing. In addition to that, there were two other pillars that I think is worth mentioning, which was around um, being able to manage ambiguity. Um, and this stems from the fact that as they charted their course of um, introducing this new COVID-19 testing capability in the case of Medigold, um, there was a lot of uncertainty. Um, there was a need to approach things in an iterative basis. Um, a, a way of being able to um, experiment uh, in, in the way they did things, but also what they were very good at, um, and this is the fifth pillar, was uh, around being uh, sort of empowering their, their teams to be able to take measured risks uh, and being able to leverage the right resources across the organizations to bring ideas to the fore. Uh, and both of these companies really had a good sense of being able to bring these um, five key pillars of culture of innovation to the foreground. And that helped in terms of um, uh, um, delivering on, on those, those, those new innovations that we're bringing to the market. Well, certainly meant, mentioned a lot of points there um, about the culture. I think that seems to be key, doesn't it? And also the um, empowering of teams and the empowerment might not have been planned or deliberate. It sort of possibly was forced on many companies because people working from home, you can't manage their time, but you can perhaps, you know, less direct control over them um, and hopefully manage their deliverables. And I think both these companies were very pleased, if not surprised by how well their staff responded to light touch management i certainly one of the two we were we nameless one of the two companies actually said i must look in the mirror because you know i've been surprised at uh, how giving my my employees some space and not micromanaging them they seem to have produced you know remarkable results is that something you see with other clients you know outside of northamptonshire as well yes absolutely i i think um the the ability to um actually give um, um, your, your teams the ability to be creative and express themselves uh, is, is, is very important. Um, and this stems from the fact that actually the, the, the ideas can come from all parts of an organization. It's not siloed in a particular innovation team or uh, amongst a set number of people. And therefore, um, being able to encourage this um, uh, element of creativity and uh, giving, you know, I think one of the companies, um, I think it was actually Medigold, indicated that they had this, this mentality of saying, no idea is crazy. So sort of inviting all parts of the, the, the organization, all members, to be able to contribute um, in, in their ideas. Uh, and I think that's, a, that, that's important uh, and, and a good reflection of how you can em empower your employees to be able to be innovative and come up with new, new thinking.
um, and, and step away from, from, from the norms, which, which quite often I think we, we, we generally become very sort of structured in the way we do things um, as we learn the organization norms and processes. Um, and I, I think we need to um, sort of focus more on allowing this level of creativity to come to the fore um, yeah. and giving our people the opportunity to do that. Okay, well, let's just, before we go back to Lau, let's just recap. So uh, you said inquisitiveness or curiosity, um, a very dedicated customer focus, uh, collaboration with people inside and outside the organization, with stakeholders, um, an ability to handle ambiguity and experiment or some space to experiment and empowering teams. Now, what I've, uh, with, with measured risks, but what I put here actually is the ability to fail, but fail fast and fail within a certain amount of money so that you know you're not losing the your shirt company's not losing its shirt but failure is almost a, a way to learn isn't it by failing you learn something failure is one step before success um lal at a sort of you know national level and macro level you talked about the national uk government strategy for innovation um obviously coming up with lots of new initiatives following uh, brexit and the pandemic um what are the benefits for a county getting involved in a project like this? Um, so, so let me just do a bit, a bit of context there, Agent. I think one of the one of the uh, trends we're certainly starting to see is um, the the establishment, the, the, the prominence of what we call ecosystems. And you'll be aware of business, not business ecosystems, but either sector sector ecosystems or innovation ecosystems springing up around. Um, around the country but around the world now the reason why ecosystems are becoming um, more prominent is because we see within the ecosystem we see capabilities coming together that you wouldn't normally have you start to see resources coming together you start to see the ability to get to market quicker because this ecosystem has come together so very simplistically bringing a startup together with a bigger organization that wouldn't normally happen with a university that in itself gives that opportunity for that, that ecosystem to build and for things to happen that wouldn't normally happen. So there is the, um, the rise of the ecosystems, let's call it. So in that context, we're seeing um, a number of ecosystems and we've been involved with a number of ecosystem analyses across the UK in, uh, you know, let me just roll off, Manchester, Leeds, Newcastle, uh, Northern Ireland, West Midlands, uh, Bristol and Bath, around either certain sectors such as um, fintech, so financial technology, or legal tech, legal technology, um, or even the innovation ecosystem in, in, you know, we've done a piece of work around York, in, in York around innovation ecosystems there. So we start to see these ecosystems come up. In terms of, I am gonna answer your question now, Adrian, in terms of the, the benefits, um, these, these ecosystem analyses, once you have all of that data that we talked about, we have the kind of stakeholder view, uh, what you've then got is momentum around that sector. You've got um, a, a number of interested parties sort of saying, we understand the ecosystem in this location. We now understand what we need to do because it brings, a, brings together almost a catalyst of this is what we need to do to take that sector forward. So it leads to a number of different things in terms of uh, the exact uh, outcomes the output is a report, but the outcomes we've seen in terms of, for example, Leeds uh, FinTech, we've seen uh, DIT missions 
from uh, Europe coming into Leeds and Manchester to, to understand what's going on in Leeds. Uh, we've seen uh, a DIT mission go out to Canada from uh, Leeds and Manchester uh, around fintech. We've seen a number of projects spring up between universities uh, and local organisations around things such as you know, women in tech, for example, and diversity in tech springing up. And we've seen collaborations come together. But we're also seeing that kind of action plan come together for that region or that sector. So there is an action plan around Leeds fintech. Uh, that has come about from you know this ecosystem analysis so so let's see this the ecosystem analyses really just serve as that catalyst to get the momentum and that focus on that sector and i'm hoping with what we do here with, with northamptonshire is that brings together the kind of whole focus around innovation in northamptonshire and what needs to be done to move you know to move the number of startups to a larger number of scale-ups and see that cross-fertilization within uh, Northamptonshire, but also to understand what assets are needed to support that. So, what does you know what needs to be put in place for Northamptonshire, Northamptonshire to really thrive? Well, I think you've made sort of so many great points there. It is you know with many businesses um, at the coalface in their goldfish bowl at the coalface fighting for survival. You know, you're talking about a, a much higher order level here, which is that collaboration, almost more important understanding the macroeconomics or the macro context of this thing. Um, so surely this is something then, would we expect the local authorities to pay for, or I understand you have a, a different funding model for a, a, an exercise of this kind, Lau? Yeah, so we've done a number of these, as I've said, and um, uh, all of them bar one have been uh, what we call crowdfunded. And I guess there are, there are, there are a couple of reasons for, for going down that route. And the first, uh, and what we mean by crowdfunded is um, a number of organisations uh, chip in a certain amount of money, normally between £5,000 and £10,000 to support this report. Now, what that means is um, you have a number of interested parties already supporting the report, supporting the, uh, the objective here. So, you know, where we've done it in other, in other cities, in other regions, you've had the local authority, you've had some big corporates, you've had some universities, you've had some lawyers all chipping in some money to kind of get this project started. But that, that, that team of supporters or sponsors uh, actually become invested in the project and are therefore take, wanting to take the project forward together. So you've already started to bring the ecosystem to, together to start to collaborate. So there is that, you know, that is the key reason for going down the crowdfunded route. The second reason, and, and I'm going to, uh, I don't want to belittle it, but, you know, the cost of the report, generally speaking, is 50,000 to 60,000 pounds based on, um, uh, you know, the amount of work that we need to, to do to kind of get the report, get, you know, um, uh, um, completed. Um, a £5,000 investment rather than a £50,000 or £60,000 is much smaller and therefore it's not a big part of some of, some of certain organisations' budgets. So that's the second reason, but the key one is around getting that collaboration going with the stakeholders early. Well, very much so. And the public, private, academic and indeed third sector working together, which is something that I'm, as you know, very passionate about and trying to ensure takes place bringing business skills to social issues or social opportunities and this is a social opportunity we can't expect the um, the unitary authorities the councils necessarily to have all the answers and do everything for us i think this is an an, an excellent initiative that perhaps is um very timely 
in the county where there are two unitaries that started on the 1st of April. They have a lot of issues they are addressing, obviously in the transformation and the, and the, um, the move to a new, um, to a new you know, civic um, context here. So um, one would hope that they would support this and perhaps be willing, you know, uh, are you expecting, would you like the councils to contribute to be one of those sort of 5,000 pound sort of contributors? Uh, definitely. I think, I think we need, uh, we need the council to, the council, sorry, to be the, the two unitary councils to be uh, supportive of the project. We need them to be uh, invested in the project. We need them to be involved, giving their kind of thoughts, especially as they're developing their unitary strategies. But I, I'm convinced that innovation has to be part of both of their unitary strategies, uh, both from a macro level, I've talked about the UK innovation strategy, but as a new, as two new unitaries uh, who both have got their challenges, innovation has to be one of the things that's gonna help move both, both uh, unitary councils and counties forward. And therefore I would really want them both on board I would uh, I would ask that they kind of uh, get behind the project, both uh, financially and non-financially, Adrian. Let's let's make that as clear as as, as that. Yeah, no, uh, very much so. And you know, the university, uh, we are. I need to declare, we are partnering with you in this project too, and um, something that you and I and Falusa have talked about for some some time. So you know, this does need widespread support. Um, if anybody's interested in learning more or would like to contribute, if you're in a business and uh, you, you think that your business should contribute. Um, Falusa, how do people get in touch and find out more about it? Yes, um, we get, there's a, a number of uh, different um, uh, uh, routes that, that, that we have. Um, there is uh, uh, some information that's actually going to be shared, I think, post this this webinar with, 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 with a link to um, be able to, to download the proposal. Um, I think there's also a paper that we're going to be releasing shortly that will actually give some insight in terms of some of the recent um, webinar that we've done. And in there, there'll be a link um, um, to, to sort of participate and, 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 uh, and, 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 and get behind the project as well. Okay, so um, basically, if, if anybody does want to find out more or see the proposal, they can certainly write to me, Adrian, A-D-R-I-A-N dot Price, P-R-Y-C-E at Northampton dot A-C dot U-K, Adrian dot Price with a Y at Northampton dot A-C dot U-K. I'll be gladly um, pass the, pro the, the, the proposal um, that is looking for, you know, this crowdfunding, very unusual initiative, but I, I take the point, Lal, that it brings people together, gets them vested, and hopefully, uh, as in other counties, things happen as a result. It's not just another report that's uh, put on the um, on the on the shelf. Uh, Lal, I guess, as the strategy and innovation consultant um, here, you know, if we if we make this happen, uh, you, is it you that's going to have to do all the work, or will Lal do a little bit of work as well? Uh I'm not sure that's aimed at me or at Falouse, so Adrian, but um, I'm going to answer that. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I'm going to be physically invested in this project and I'll be undertaking some of the stakeholder interviews, definitely. Falouse and the team will be involved in uh, the, the analysis around um, what's going on in Northamptonshire. Um, and we'll be working with you as well, Adrian, in, in terms of the university getting involved. So um, I think it's all hands to the pump. Um, so we're, we're all going to get our hands dirty on this one and, and looking forward to starting it, quite honestly. I think um, there's an opportunity here. I think to your point, it's timely. Um, so really looking forward to getting stuck in on this one.
No, absolutely. And just uh, Lal, tell us how people find out more about Whitecap. What's the website that they can look at and perhaps some of the examples of the previous yeah. work done in other counties? Yeah, so um, if people go to our, our, our site, it's, it's whitecapconsulting, all one word, .co.uk, uh, and slash publications, um, you will see all of our um, previous ecosystem analyses uh, on there. So you can download them. And I think it's, it's so that's another point, a great point, Adrian, we should make around once this report is written, it's a freely available report to all of those in the county. So I, I think, you know, there is a positive there that this is about the county. It's about moving the county forward. Um, yes, there are organisations that we're going to have to ask for sponsorship to pay for this, but it's for the benefit of the county. Absolutely. Um, uh, so, so those are there. They're published on our website. So it's whitecapconsulting.co.uk uh, slash publications. Well, there you go, um, ladies and gentlemen. I think we all have a vested interest in this county and its growth. We've come through a difficult time in the last few months. The companies we talked to, like Medigold and Palite, have done actually well after an initial kind of blip. Even one of them has reported losing half their turnover. But um, by having a different new approach to innovation, both within the organization and perhaps by working collaboratively across, we can not only be good as a county at startups, but as Lal said at the very beginning, scale-ups, um, because we've got a, a healthy innovation culture here in which obviously the university and organizations like Whitecap Consultant Consultancy are um, gonna be a great help and support. So gentlemen, um, Faluso Laguda, Strategy and Innovation Consultant, and Lal Tawney, um, Director at Whitecap Consulting. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Good luck with the project. Um, I am hoping and looking forward to working on it with you. So let's see if we can generate the, um, the crowdfunding, the crowdfunding for this um, as soon as possible and you know, get something out there that helps the unitary authorities and all the businesses in the county um, embrace this innovation culture that Boris Johnson and his government are so keen to push. And it really is so much needed and especially in a fast changing world because without it, businesses are gonna get, be left behind. Um, if you'd like to know more, you know where to write adrian.price at northampton.ac.uk and also have a look at whitecapconsulting.com. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed for your time. Good luck with the project. Keep safe, keep well, and speak to you again soon. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.